Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Weeks, we're going to be talking about promises that's going to lead us into a great summer series called Wisdom Works. And can I also encourage you, please, use Sundays as an opportunity to invite people. Every time that we open the Bible, we're going to be relevant to both church people and non-church alike. And I think some of the messages that that we're speaking about and some of the subject matter is so helpful to everybody. That might be a step too far. How about pointing them to the podcast? You might have a chance conversation and maybe you heard something say, why don't you listen to Arena Church and see what this bloke has to say or this woman has to say. I think that's incredibly helpful. But I want to say this, promises, promises. Well, in this first part of my message, and now you can start running the clock, guys. (laughs) I'm going to just give a bit of an introduction for the next three weeks, and then I'm going to just use the last part of my time to talk about comfort in need. So promises. You know, it's an interesting subject matter because the reality is we live in a world that makes promises but breaks them and you might be here today that you've had your mum or dad you've had a spouse husband or wife you've had an employee whoever make a promise and then quickly break that promises so even the subject matter is quite contentious in many ways but this doesn't mean that we shouldn't listen to it you know promises that people make people look at it and they have difficulty with this uh, uh, message because of untrustworthy people some people have had their hearts broken because of promises that have been made and not fulfilled people have had lies spoken to them but I want you to look at this series these next three weeks through a different set of eyes a different perspective because I'm not talking about a promise that we make to one another that can be broken. I'm talking about a promise that God makes to you and to me. Whether you are a Christian or not, his promise is still to you today. It's to mankind. He makes a promise to every single one of us and he has yet to not fulfill his promise. What I mean by that is, he's, he has, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but he, he, he cannot, the Bible says God cannot lie. So when God makes a promise, he will fulfill that promise. Can I hear a big amen? But this is the point. When I think about a promise, what am I talking about? Well, we could talk about an old-fashioned word called a covenant, a vow, similar to what we make in marriage vows. And these promises, these vows, a covenant, are usually made between two or more parties. So there's usually two people who agree to do something or to fulfill something and there is the promise. There is the contract. Do you understand that? There is the covenant that is made. It's like there. It's, it's intertwined. You've agreed. But I want to just show you something that's really important and, and I'm going to go a little deeper just to try and help you to understand the basis of this subject that we're talking about. Because we're not talking about a promise that I make to Caroline and by God's grace I will fulfill. But I am not God. I am not God and she is not God. So we will do our very best through God's help to fulfill our promise. But we're talking about the promise here today that God makes to us. 
the three weeks are what God says to us. These are promises that you can go to the bank on. You can go to heaven's bank on and say, God, you said this. Because he's not a man that he should lie. So I want to take you to a story that God made a promise to a man by the name of Abram. Abram in Genesis in chapter 15. And he made this promise and this promise still continues through the cross. Just stay with me for a moment. This promise, even though it was made in the Old Testament, an old covenant, it goes through the cross. It, it carries through to every single one of us. In the 21st century, what date is it today? 7th of July, 2019, this promise that was made thousands of years before still stands today. Because yeah. God made the promise. I need you to understand that. Have you got that? Yeah. I need you, about five of you. Have you got that? Are you on? Okay. And this promise was made to Abram, who was a man of faith. And the promise was this. God came to him and said to him, Abram, as you look and see the sand on the seashore, and as you look in the stars in the sky, so will your offspring be. He was basically saying to him, you're going to have many kids. He's going to be in for an interesting time with old Sarah but the problem was this he was old Sarah was getting old and they couldn't produce children but this is this is the thing it says in Genesis 15 that God that Abraham believed God he believed what God said and God credited it to him as righteousness so he believed God's promise that was over his life but then this is what happened As they did in the Old Testament, they would take an animal or animals that was without spot and blemish. This is one of the early records of this happening. And they would make a covenant signed with the blood of the animal that was agreed between both parties. And they would usually cut the animals and then sprinkle the blood and both parties would walk through it. And it was a sign of a covenant that neither of them could break it. And if any of them did break it, their life was, was at risk. That was how serious it was. But it's interesting, I want to take you to this story because this is what happened, but only in part. Because in Genesis 15, we see, verse 17, we can now put it on the screen, thank you. The Bible records in this story that I'm just telling you that the sun had set and darkness had fallen And there was a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch and they appeared and they passed between the pieces. These are the pieces of the the animals, the, the flesh of the animals, the blood of the animals. And verse 18, it says, And on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram and said to your descendants, I will give you this land. Now listen to me, this is really important. You might need to just revisit this. I'm happy to talk this through a little bit more. God in this story was represented as the smoking oven and the burning torch. Some Bible commentators see God as fire. The fire. The fire. And in this story, God was representing himself as the fire. He was the fire. And he passed through the animal parts, but he passed through by himself. By himself. 
Because Abraham, Abraham was watching. And this was to show, this is, like I said, a covenant is usually made between two people and two people commit to this. But you need to understand this is really important. God showed that this was a unilateral covenant. What do I mean by unilateral? It was made by himself. He was agreeing it himself. It was had nothing to do with Abraham. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your background. It has nothing to do with you where you were born. This was a covenant that God was making to mankind. Not based upon your faithfulness, based upon his faithfulness. Have you got that? So when we're looking at promises, these are promises that God is making. God is making this promise to you by himself. He was signing it by himself in this ritual. There's a few things I want you to understand as a result of this. Therefore, we have a certainty that the covenant that God made with Abraham is based on who God is, not on who Abraham is or what Abraham would do. Have you got that? So the promise that God makes to you today is not based on what you do or who you are. It's based on who he is. Are you still following me? What God is basically saying is, I cannot fail because God cannot fail. This covenant that I'm making with you, this promise that I'm making to you, I cannot fail because it cannot fail because I cannot fail. And in a sense, it was a picture that then transports us to the cross. We've taken breaking of bread. And in a sense, the father walked through the broken and bloody, broken and bloody body of Jesus to establish his covenant with us. And God signed it for both of us. God signed it for both of us. And we merely enter into the covenant by faith, by faith. We don't make the covenant with God. God made it with us as he walked through the broken, bloody body of Jesus. This was a a covenant that was made to Abraham. And by entering into this contract, there is a sense in which God says, if I don't keep my word, let me be put to asunder. Basically, God was putting his own deity on the line as a confirmation of his promise to Abraham. Have you got this? I'm getting more excited than you are. I hope you still follow me. I want to tell you, God basically put the whole Godhead on the line for this promise. Now, let me just take you now to 21st century because we have the scriptures here. Some people call it the Holy Bible. This is a promise. From Genesis to Revelation, it's a promise. It's not a tweet story. It's not like happy ever after. It's not, not like once upon a time they lived, as we read those books, or Billy Blue. I was thinking on books, that, my first books that I read. Can anybody remember those? Billy Blue. Yeah, I used to love those Billy Blue. Well, what were the other characters? That's it. I loved them. They were great. It's not those kind of stories. This is a story that God has written as a promise to each and every one of us. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. Have you got that? This promise that God makes to us, they are yes 
in Christ. Oh, I need to get my shouting voice on. They'll tell me off for it. They are yes in Christ Jesus. Anybody else excited about this? This promise in this book are yes in Christ Jesus. And they are many spoken through Christ. We do not need to fear. We do not need to say, well, God, will you confirm and will you fulfill? If God says it, we can trust him. So when I look at the promises, I need to ask a few questions. When can these promises be applied? Where can these be applied? Well, personally, personally. And some of you need to get a personal word from the Lord. A personal word from the Lord. As you're walking into things, I want to tell you, as you open up these scriptures, as you open up this book, God speaks to you. It's not a random, oh, if you just take a systematic approach to it, and for those who are new to Christianity and new to faith or new to a devotional life, you may want to begin in the Psalms or you may want to begin in the New Testament. But as you just systematically just walk through, and I take different rhythms now within my Bible reading, but I just systematically, and there's, I'm telling you, as you read, things are quickened in your heart. And some things that are quickened in your heart become promises in your heart. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And those promises are then spoken through Christ. The yes and amen is spoken through Christ. You just know it to be true. So these promises can be applied personally. They can also be applied corporately. We're not just randomly going into plant campuses because we think it's a great idea. We're going in because we have a promise. God has given Arena Church a promise some people don't like to be part of that promise, so they go and find another church. That's cool. But our promise is that we're called to go and plant campuses. We're called to go and transform communities. We're called to reach the lost. Anybody with me this morning? We're called to go and transform communities through serve days. We're called to bless the poor. We're called to minister to the broken. That's our promise. That's what God has given us. He said, go into all the world and make disciples. That's why we're going to France. It's not because it's... It is a very nice city, actually, Toulouse. We're going because we have a promise. So they can be applied personally and corporately. What can these promises cover? Quickly, they can cover a life. They can cover your life. They can cover a season. I've had words that have covered the season that I've been in. They can cover an issue. Issues that you find yourself in. They can cover that issue. They can cover a trial. Anybody ever here been involved in, you feel like you've had a trial of life? Not talking about the trial of the court. Give me a wave. Just trials that have come. They can cover you for that trial. And if anybody's ever been attacked, some of you have literally been attacked, but also a spiritual attack. Just everything around you seems to be going wrong. And you know, it's just not the norm. It's not just life. Sometimes those things happen, but this is more than that. These promises can cover the attack. But also promises need to be seen in context. Sometimes these are just for the notes if you're quick enough. They have to be seen in context and sometimes these promises do come with conditions. I've got some promises that rest over my life and our life that are conditional. God says, if you will do this, I will do this. By the way, the inference is if you won't do this, then I can't do this. It's not that he won't, he can't. 
is wanting to pour out blessing. You see, I talk to Christians and they're saying, God hasn't done, and I'm thinking, you have not done what God's asked you to do, and he can't. It's not that he won't, he can't. You do what he's asked you to do out of obedience, and then you will see the windows of heaven. You will see the blessings of rain fall upon your life and your family. But also promises need to be believed, confessed, embraced. I'm not talking about some blab and grab kind of Christianity. That's nonsense. That we do not believe that in this church. But we also do believe a life of faith that God quickens things in our hearts and we can't help ourselves but to confess it, to believe it, to embrace it. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I said last week, God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And that needs to be our faith as we walk in to promises. So that's an introduction for the three weeks. These promises are not conditional upon you. This promise has been made by God as he walked through the body of Jesus as he walked through the animal parts in the old covenant that passed through the cross. Sometimes they can be conditional, but there are promises that sit over all of our lives. Three particular promises that we're going to address, but my joy is to address promises when we are in need, we can receive comfort. So promises for comfort. As I said, as I was reading this, I began to weep over the different situations that some people find themselves in with doctor reports, with broken promises, people in sickness, people in hardship. Began to see people from Ilkeston, both here in in Ilkeston and, and Mansfield. And I do believe that was on purpose because this last part, some of you who are in need need to hear this word because God has got a word for you this morning God has got a word for you this morning because I think there's many people who are in need this morning and God wants to come and comfort you and remind you of his promise that he speaks over your life I felt the Lord say to me just read some Bible verses and I'm going to do that and then just two specific points so I want to read the Bible first of all if that's okay so this shouldn't take us too long The two points are really simple. I'm probably going to get a bit passionate. Is that all right? Um, There might even be a few tears of joy and and just a heart, but I'm going to go for it. Is that okay? Are you all with me? You still with me? Yeah? Yeah, just tap your neighbor next to you and say, I'm enjoying this. It's good. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4. Paul writes to the church at Corinth and says this to them. And I remember this being a great comfort to me for those who remember. I had issues with my throat and then um, terrible as they do, they have to do what what they have to do and thank God for the NHS. I really mean that. We have numbers of medics and nurses and whatever around the life of the church. I really thank God for it. But they sent this letter through to me that then was saying about all kinds of awful things in my throat, that it could be cancer and all kinds of stuff. And fear began to just get a hold of me. 
that little thing of fear. And this was my promise that God gave to me. I was reading the Bible and I remember thinking, because for me, that was a big deal. What do I do? What, what, is, what, is, my, what is my life? What is my purpose? You may say, I wish you wouldn't, but anyway, it's to talk. What do you do with voice and all the rest of it? 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4. God spoke this. It was a promise, my promise. And he said, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I remember I was in my knee, I just said, Jesus, you've got this, whatever it is. You are the God of comfort. You are comforting me. And I have an instruction now to go and comfort others. So I'm in this, in this period of not knowing, the cutting away and doing what they needed to do. I'm going to comfort others. I'm going to be an encouragement to others. I'm going to be a blessing to others. Are you hearing me? So some of you have got a bad report. I want to encourage you to receive the comfort of God. He wants to come and come. But you now go and comfort others with the comfort you have received from Jesus. Amen. Amen. <laughs> By the way, you can see with a voice. I can still sing like Pavarotti. <laughs> I can't actually, but anyway. He comes and he comforts us in our need. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. You know, sometimes I felt so under the cosh, so challenged Carolina night times this is all I've been able to draw myself to that God is our refuge he's our strength he's an ever-present help in times of trouble and then the Bible says therefore we will not fear this becomes a promise a promise because God says I am your refuge I am your strength you don't need to look to the help of anybody else I will be everything that you need we see in the Bible, it says many times, God announces, this is God saying, he says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I will never depart from you. And of course, the classic, and it's so unfortunate, I'm gonna use just a verse of it from Psalm 23, because we always use it at funerals. And of course, it's very, very useful in funerals. It's a great promise to hold off, but it's a great promise to hold off now. The Lord says, I am your shepherd. I am your shepherd. You are my sheep. I'll take care of you. If you've ever done any kind of study or work, the shepherd, the true shepherd, takes care of his sheep. He loves those sheep. He makes sure those sheep are protected. They are fed. They are watered. They are protected. This is the shepherd's heart. And God says to you today, in your need, my promise of comfort to you is, I am your shepherd. I am your shepherd. So I said I was going to read the Bible, but I just want to drive into two points. And these are two essential points for you to remember as we look into the promise of God with regards to comfort. Because I want to say this, you will find yourself and we will find ourselves in challenges because that is life. If nobody has ever come to faith in Jesus and anybody ever tells you, come to Jesus and literally... Everything's going to get sorted. You're going to live this 
paradise kind of existence and life. I want to say they're probably exaggerating. I'm not saying they're lying. They're probably just, you know, too pumped up because it's not true. What, I, what we do know is we have one who walks with us and we know that we are going to enter into paradise eternity. And those who have an assurance that Jesus has cleansed them of their sin, by the way, when our time comes, whether he comes back or we meet him, we will never taste death. I know for sure I will never, ever, ever taste death. I will pass from this life into a life to come. That's the assurance of the Bible. But let me tell you, Oh, I've had trouble. And you've heard me say before, I can create trouble in a room just on my own. Anybody here? I have an ability to cause trouble. It started as a very young boy. My mum and dad are over here. It was, and, and I didn't even have to try. In fact, I wish they'd done a, a GCSEs in troublemaking because I would have been top of the class. Trouble comes to all of us. You may have married it, ladies, okay? You may, you may be surrounded with it, okay? Trouble comes to all of our lives, but we have an assurance, a promise that God says, I am going to hold you in your times of trouble. Am I speaking to anybody today? So today we're going to give an opportunity at the very end, but it won't be to alleviate trouble from your life. It will be to say, I am a sinner and I need your help. And by the way, as you do that, he will come to you and he will always help you in your trouble. So two things that I want to say is this. Number one, God is with us. I know you hate this, but I want you to really get this in, in your spirits. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So I'm not just doing it because it's a cool thing to do. I wonder if you could just turn to the neighbor next to you and say, God is with you or God is with us. Just confess it. Really confess it to the left and to the right. God is with us. God is with us. Psalm 23 verse 4 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff they comfort me comfort in need got my serious face on now I need to do it over here as well because you need to see it they comfort me when you walk through the darkest valley you don't need to fear any evil for you are with me guys he is with us he's with us God is with us. God is with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. This promise that I take from this is that God is with us and he cannot leave us because he's incapable of breaking his promise. He says, I will be with you. So we can't do anything other 
Pam, when you go and you hate me for doing this tomorrow, he's with you. He can't do anything but but be with you. We've got some people in hospital. We've got Gordon. You need to tell your dad this word, Steve. God's with you. I don't know what the outcome is, but God is with him. Because he can't do anything but be with, be with him. And when he says about his rod and his staff, this is talking about God's authority and love. His rod, his authority, his authority and his love go with us. God is with you. Do you receive that word to your heart, church? This isn't trendy preaching. God is with you. This is a promise. God is with you. Wherever you are, whatever you're feeling, whatever you feel like, God is with you. The second thing I want to say is this. These were instructed by God. He just says simply, this because I wanted to go to three points, because Phil's told me three points are always good. I'm joking. Or seven points or five. But now two points. Okay, God, I'll do as I'm told. Because remember, I was just typing. I felt God just... The second thing is, and I want you to confess this as well, we are taken by God. Just confess that to your neighbour. Number two, we're taken by God. I'll help you to understand what I mean by that. Or another way of putting it is, we're held by God. I want to take you to a verse of scripture in Psalm 3 verse 3. That since I've read it, I've not been able to shake it off me. And I was looking for an opportunity to preach this. And I, I felt very much, and now I knew why the Lord had stopped me from sharing it. And it was because of this. Psalm 3, verse 3 to 4, I'm going to read it and then I'm just going to have to get excited about what it really means. It says this, But in the depths of my heart I truly know that you, Yahweh, that you, God, have become my shield. You take me and surround me with yourself. That is so... This is from the Passion Translation, J. Helen. You take me and surround me with yourself. Your glory covers me continually. You lift my head when I bow low in shame. I have cried out to you, Yahweh, from your holy presence. And you send me a father's help. Isaac, come here, please. I did that. He was either in a Lillia, but he was throwing a ball while I was doing it. <laughs> father's eyes is always watching. Just stand there, son, will you please, for a moment. His name's not Calvin, it's uh, Isaac, okay. This translation, just stay with me, don't look at this young lad at the side of me. This verse 3, he says, you take me and surround me with yourself. Many translations render verse 3 as this, you are a shield around me. But let me tell you, it's more than that. The ancient Hebrew can be traced can be translated as saying you O Lord are my taker the implication is that God shields us by taking us into himself why I've got Isaac to do this because he is my natural son but it's not just a sense that I'm with him but I now take 
when he needs help. So if I'm now picturing your mind, I'm God the Father, and there's a, the, he, Isaac is you, and you need help. God doesn't just come to you. He literally takes, he takes you to himself. You can put your arms around me if you want. Really. Now, listen to me. This is really important for you to understand. Because this is an image that you need to understand. That you are taken by God. He is a shield around you. When anything comes, he will do everything he can. He, you are enveloped. You are en- literally, you are enveloped in the arms of God. Again, when I read this, I began to weep. For the many times that I've known he's been with me, but I've just kept him a little bit at distance. And God says, I want to come and take you, Christian. I want to be your shield. I want to be the one who holds you and protects you. Wherever you are going, I go with you. You go with my strength. You go with my authority. You go with my power. You go with my love. Are you getting it? And as I draw it to a close, Jesus Christ is the taker of humanity. He took humanity. As I have just done there with Isaac, he took humanity and the one was made flesh. And in salvation, in salvation, he not only took our nature, but he also took our sins that it might take us into glory. This is the deal. The everlasting arms of God are not just carrying you, but they are holding you. They are enveloped around you. Why? Because you are not meant to carry things on your own. As I finish, Matthew 11, verse 28. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me, and I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle, humble, easy to please. And you'll find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Listen to me. Stop struggling. There is a promise that when you are, you are in need, he is your comfort. I wonder if we could just bow our heads in prayer.